Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saul. I like that. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Oh, my gosh. It's true. He's back. He's in the building. You- KJ Wright is here, Brock. Oh my gosh, did people love this last year? And Man. we are back for season two Fellas, of the KJ Wright Show. Every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, I'm in the building. Is this surreal? Is anybody else feeling a little surreal right now? <laughs> no, Come on. It's not it's surreal. Little, it's a little surreal KJ being just back. brings a different energy than anyone else we know. Yeah. Could you Round agree with that? Yeah. He's I'm looking- ready, man. He was looking kind of jacked the other night, too, in some of the pregame and postgame. I know he just came back from the Caribbean. <laughs> Do you enjoy that? Good. Do you enjoy doing uh, the preseason TV stuff? Yes, it was really cool. Yeah. Out there with uh, Michael Bennett, yeah. Mike Robb, Kate Scott. I was, um, t- I was telling Brock, it was my favorite preseason broadcast I can remember. I just, I was laughing. That's not a shot at me and Kurt. No, Every time he says it, every time he says it, I don't take it personally yeah. at all, KJ. No, yeah. even he said it to the head coach yesterday. I don't know why. But I mean, Brock, I don't know why. You get rid of Kurt, get rid of Brock. I don't know why. I didn't mean it that way. Though. No, it just I comes just, across that way every single time. But I, don't, I truly <laughs> don't mean it that way. I am one of those people, everything, my, anytime Mike Bennett opens his mouth, I start laughing. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't help but laugh when he talks. And it's not he doesn't even do it on purpose. It's I know. his personality. He's just naturally funny. Hey, but Brock, let me tell you, in the second half, I went up in the booth with Mike Robb and Kate Scott. Mm-hmm. That's where I belong, man. Really? Ooh, it's just really? a di- it's just a different type of feeling when you put on that headset, you're looking at the game. Yep. Like everyone is listening to me talk. That's the next steps for KJ. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, he's even going third person on a Brock. So think, he's serious. I, I think there's a guy right outside that window down the hallway uh, or, or at the end of the newsroom. His mm-hmm. name's Bill Kazarba, KJ. Mm-hmm. Bill Kazarba at the time was working, I believe it was called Prime Sports Northwest before it ever became, or maybe it was Fox Sports. I went from Prime to Fox Sports to now Root Sports. Mm-hmm. And that guy, Kazarba, down, the, down there in the newsroom, I badgered him. I'm like, you got to get me up there. You know, I got to, I got to call a Husky game. And he kind of put me off and put me off. And eventually he did. I remember it was Boise State UW in like, oh, six was my first game, KJ. And it was the yep. same thing. I got done. I'm like, yep, yeah, this, this fits my it. eye. This is it. This, this fits my eye. Yeah. Everything I wasn't as a player. Now you were a great player. I was not at the professional level, especially because I couldn't shut my mind off. But everything that like I that was my downfall as a player professionally now works up in that booth. Could just seeing just seeing the game. And for oh, you, yeah. I'm sure at that bird's eye level, mm-hmm. it had to be a little new, right? That's so what what did you see? So I I just saw the game, and what I was doing was since I couldn't talk, I was talking in my head. Like mm-hmm. if I was in this position, if the whole world was listening to me, this is what I would bring to the table. And so I was listening to Mike Rob talk, stealing some stuff from him. But, man, my brain to millions of people? <laughs> my energy to millions of people? Come on, NFL. Come on, CBS, Fox. Hey, I told Salk, man, we got, a, we got a problem, KJ. We yeah. got a problem. And my problem is I am loving coaching right now. I'm coaching Titus's team. And I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple years I'll give you yeah. my headset. You know, what do you think? Hold up, bro. Coaching? Oh, High school coaching. So from, from 5 to 11 p.m.? Oh, KJ, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Hey. All right. Can we start getting some of KJ's oh, sorry, opinions? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. KJ listen to show. We have all day to listen to you. Tell me about coaching. Yes. KJ, uh, you've been out of practice. You've watched the team. I, I legitimately did say that was one of the most fun preseason games I could remember watching in a mm-hmm. long time. Not just because I thought Mike B was funny, but just the team was was fast and, and physical yes. and everything else. It just, 
I don't know. Something spoke to me about that game. What did you see? A lot of energy. A lot of energy. A lot of effort. A lot of guys really like, I got to do everything possible to make this 53-man roster because it is going to be tough to make this football team. Mm-hmm. There's so many names that are that are rising. There's so many positions that are open. You got the cornerback battle. You got the outside linebacker battle. You got who's going to be uh, the backups when it comes to the interior defensive line. You got um, center, guard. Absolutely. Uh, backup wide receivers. I mean, there, there are battles all over this team. And it's wide open. And what Coach Curley, what I know that he's doing is that uh, this game, uh, this uh, practice, let's put this guy out there. Oh, this practice, let's alternate the centers. Let's really see who wants to take this position. And when it comes to week one, when we open up with the Rams, this is going to be this guy that goes out there. And so it's a lot of competition out there, a lot of energy. Um, I went to practice last week and um, – just just watch those guys. It looked like playoff time. It looked like a playoff football game. Like these dudes were really going at it. It was hot. Guys were sweating and guys was out there just making plays. And so I'm loving what I see from that standpoint. Who are individually some of those fire starters? Kobe Bryant. He and let me let's talk about Kobe Bryant real right. quick. I know with what he did last year, he's like, I'm the man. I'm Kobe Bryant, you know, making all these forced fumbles, you know, getting his ball out, playing the nickel spot. And they drafted a guy in my position in the first round. I know without a doubt this man is furious. He is angry. He is pissed off. And on top of that, I'm going to safety. What? I had a great rookie year. You drafted a guy in my spot, and you want to move me around? I know he's mad, but listen to me. KJ, hold on a second, though. You're minimizing it. They didn't just draft somebody in a spot. There was the highest draft pick in the history of Pete and John. That was the number five pick and gave him $23 million guaranteed. That wasn't just drafted somebody at 28. That wasn't drafted even Jackson at 20. That's a number five pick in the draft, KJ. Yes, I get that. And what I love about Kobe is that he's taking that anger. He's taking all of that stuff, and he is just smacking dudes. He's saying, how dare you do such a thing? Whether you put me at corner, nickel, safety, I'm going to show you how valuable I am. I'm going to show you that I am a heck of a football player. And when I'm looking at this roster, I'm looking at Mike Jack. I'm looking at Tariq Woolen. I'm looking at Witherspoon. There's, there, there's, no, Brown. there's no space for a guy that had a really good rookie debut there's no space for him and so what he has to do is just keep working keep your head down let everything take care of itself when they do put you on special teams when they do put you at gunner go out there and make it happen but what i you know what i'm happy is that he's not putting his head down he's not moping around i could really see his makeup as a man and, and as a football player is that when i step on this football field i'm going to control what i can control so he reminds you of anybody you played with either in seattle or that season in vegas as well from a skill set that versatility you talked about the, is there a guy that you're looking at going, man, he reminds me of? Kobe Bryant? Who? What does he remind me of? Not a Jay Lane. Not a Maxwell. This dude's one of a kind. Yeah. He's, he's one of a kind. A guy that could play corner and go back to safety? No. I don't think Sean even Shed? One, Shed was the only one that did it, but but he's not. Kobe is, um, I'm not trying to bash Shed, but, but Kobe is Leaner. quicker. He's quicker. Yeah. Faster. Leaner. He hit harder. Shed was a technician at that cornerback spot. <laughs> and Shed was a natural corner versus a safety. When I saw what Kobe Bryant did um, when he made that play coming from the deep third on that boot to lay a guy out, a guy that could play middle of the field safety, a guy that could blitz off the edge, 
He's a unique well, works skill out, set. Works out well for him because, you know, there's tons of room for him at safety on this team. They only have four of them already. I mean, like, this team is stacked, stacked in the back. And, you know, as you start to work your way forward, you start having a few more question marks. Yep. Were there other guys that jumped out to you defensively, offensively, et cetera? I look at Derek Hall. Yeah. Six foot four. Oh, Mississippi two. bias. Come Here on. it goes. I don't Come care. on. I'm, I'm smelling it. This one. <laughs> nope. I'm in the I was wondering. It took eight minutes. Eight uh, minutes. KJ, the new KJ Wright what show. What is with that guy's legs? <laughs> I, this man, I was in production. I was in my first production. He had like these Daisy Dude oh, shorts yeah. on. Looked like he just got doing doing some quad sets, like just lifting some weights. Like quads look like watermelons <laughs> with muscles on them. <laughs> You guys ever seen that? Some watermelon with muscles on him. And um, he walked in that production meeting, them short shorts on. I'm like, this man is just ripped. And I watched him at practice. That practice I was telling you guys about. He was there right outside linebacker. It was blitz period. And when I tell you he put just a monster long arm on that tackle and just buried that guy to the dirt, I'm like, this dude is for real. And I told him in production meetings when I saw him, I said, I want to put this type of pressure on you, young man. But with the practice that I saw, you could potentially be defensive rookie of the year. And he just looked at me like, bro, what are you talking about? I said, yes. Like, with your skill set, with your strength, with your energy and your effort that you have, you could be defensive rookie of the year in what I saw. And so I'm really excited to see him take that next step in this preseason game. But Derek Hall is going to be fun to watch. He's the biggest knees I've ever seen on a human being. I can't believe how (laughs) big his knees. I'll show you the picture that we took when we met him. So KJ looks at the thighs. You look at the knee joints. Well, the knees just jumped out to me because of the way he was sitting. They were the thing that was closest to me. But I'm with KJ, man. I'm I'm all on the Derek Hall hype train. And he seems like a really nice kid to boot and put it all together. Just super excited. All right, we got to take a quick break. We got like a million more things we got to ask KJ about. He's itching to talk about more guys that he liked watching and just kind of getting us hyped for this season. So you don't want to go anywhere. We got another 50 minutes with KJ Wright coming up next on Brock and Salk. Brock, I swear to God, this whole show just turns on its head the moment KJ shows up. It's one thing for us to ask him questions. Now he's sitting here in the breaks asking me questions and basically leading the darn show. This is what happens when you give a man a podcast and a wow. video yeah. and YouTube <laughs> That's and messing it. around with G. Yeah. And, exactly. Like, this is this is where it goes. The next thing you know, you and I are completely irrelevant. We just turn this <laughs> thing over to KJ. Uh, you were just asking me about John Schneider. Yeah. What were you saying? I was asking you, I said, what is the bold slash biggest move that John Snyder is going to make when it comes closer to cut time? Between now and the beginning of the season. Between now and the beginning of the season. He has a crowded, an overcrowded DB room. He has no depth when it comes to the interior defensive line. Someone has to go, Brock. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, everyone can stay. There's going to be too many really good football players on the bench. In the DB room, I just got done talking about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has to be on this football field in this 2023 season. If he's on the bench just running down on kickoff, running down on punt, I, that, that, would not, that would not be a good look. So who is going to be the guy that is going to leave when it comes down to cut time? I'm curious. We, yeah, we had a little this last Friday. Yep. G did not like my answer. But, KJ, who brings back the most value? Because you could easily say, well, you can trade, you trade Trey Brown or, you know, trade. But, but who's, who's going to bring, if you're going to make a bold move, you've got to give up something of value to bring back value back. Mm-hmm. Mike Jackson is a starter in this league. He started every game last year, played very, very well. If you're going to bring back a difference maker in your depth on your defensive line, to me, I think he'd be the name that you would have to consider. 100% Mike Jack. 
and we look at Mike Jack, played well last year, a guy that surprised a lot of people. But when you look at Mike Jack, he's not he, – he didn't get drafted here. He's not, quote-unquote, mm. like one of those guys that John Snyder and Pete Carroll invested in. They invested in Trey Brown. Third-round pick. They invested in Witherspoon. They invested in Kobe Bryant. Like These are our guys that we drafted. These are guys that we paid. These are the guys that we are going to put on this football field and take this new era. So that matters? One million percent. One million percent. If I scout this guy, I spend countless hours evaluating him. I traveled to see him. I interviewed him. I drafted him. I made that phone call to this guy. Oh, that absolutely matters. It does matter, KJ, but I would say if there's a, a couple teams in this league that are also willing to have an open hand and say, hey, man, if we, if we mess up on this or we're wrong on this, we will move on from it. But also, if you come in here and take the livelihood of one of those guys that you just said that we invested in, we're going to give you that opportunity. I've been places. I've seen organizations that don't do that. And I've seen the horrific fighting between coach and, and management and staff, and it gets really ugly, right? No, this was my guy. I, I spotted him in the scouting department. I saw him. You're going to keep him on the team. The coach is like, hey, man, he's not my guy. This is my guy. And I don't feel that rift here. I, I, you know, I don't know if you disagree and, with that, and, but yeah, I don't and, get and that it, sense here. And if it's close, let's say that the, the nun guy is slightly ahead. Let's say he's slightly ahead. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to that decision, you're going to go with your heart. You're going to go with your gut, and you're going to go with the guy that you evaluated. You're going to go with the guy that you scouted. And so when I look at Mike Jack, he is valuable. He did. He's doing everything right. But Mike Jack, when he, uh, if he does get traded, he's going to be a starter somewhere else. He's going to be a guy that's going to get a nice beautiful contract so i can't wait to see okay. what happens when it comes down to this 53 man while roster. you were peppering salt with questions <laughs> i was sitting there thinking about something you said right near the top of it which i don't disagree with but i'm gonna guess there's a lot of seahawk twitter kind of wrinkled their nose at it i think there are a lot of seahawk fans kind of frustrated maybe even on draft day and all of a sudden <laughs> this Jalen carter cat out there in philly is lighting the world thing. up and i hear you say that devin witherspoon was drafted to be a nickel at number five to take Kobe's spot there. I mean, don't you at number five have to be a generational corner? Isn't that what Devin Witherspoon's got to come in here, KJ, and be to live up to that? Billing is the number <laughs> five pick in the draft. So I was scrolling through Twitter week one of the preseason game, and I saw a monster highlight by Jalen Carter. You know who I text, Brock? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> This man right beside me says, Salk, look at this. This guy on his first play is digging a quarterback What did he do? For, the did guy he, you didn't did want? He, did he forklift the guy? What did he do? <laughs> the guy lifted him, swam him, got to the quarterback in 2.2 seconds. By the way, I taught my daughter a swim move this weekend. I thought she needed to learn it. I thought it was time. Nice. So I was teaching my daughter how to do a swim yeah. move. Just, you know, they come in handy. You never know. Talk to me you about Devin. You didn't even want Jalen Carter. You were all, you, you were and, all set with and while Jalen Carr's out there making plays, mm-hmm. look like he's going to be um, a phenomenal guy for the for the Eagles. Our guys has a hurt hamstring. Mm-hmm. Our guys over there with the sleeve wrapped around his leg, just spectating, watching, looking. And the times that we do see him do one on ones, you're looking like, okay, come on with it. Like we, it's go time. Like mm-hmm. you're our number five pick, and he's sitting there spectating, watching. And there's nothing like a good first impression. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like a good first impression. What we're seeing right now is that he is off to a slow start. Let's call it let's call it what it is. He's hurt. He's been battling since OTAs to get this hammy right. And when he does get out there, you know, he's learning. 
But I'm not drafting a guy to come be my nickel. Okay. So do you think that's what he is? I mean, uh, you know, my impression had been that he's being drafted to be your outside cornerback, but on third downs or when you bring in a nickel package, they're going to bring in Trey Brown or Mike Jack or somebody like that, and he slides inside so that you're using him to the best of your abilities to get all the best guys out on the field. But I would certainly hope that if you've drafted a guy with the fifth overall pick and passed on the kind of talent that you did to get him, that he's doing both of those things. He's not just a nickel corner. So when we go base, that's two corners, two safeties. Yeah. Devin Witherspoon is going to be starting. That's my expectation. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would assume that that's not the week goal. one, not week one, not because listening the, to Pete yesterday, yeah, just because of the injury. Yes. All right. But let's take the injury out of it. Once he's healthy, is your expectation that Devin Witherspoon comes in in the nickel? and otherwise is on the bench? Dude. Or is your expectation that it's Tariq Woolen and Devin Witherspoon, and on third down, when you go to or whenever you go to nickel, it's the battle between either Trey Brown or Mike Jackson to come in and play the opposite outside corner and move him inside? Let me tell you what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's healthy and everybody's good. Okay. This is what's going to happen. When we go base, 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 yep. it's going to be Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon. Okay, good. Nickel, nickel, nickel. I'm the defensive coordinator, Kobe Bryant. You go to nickel with a spoon, stay outside. Mm. We go dime, dime. They oh, you got Jamal. Okay, is Jamal healthy or not? No. Okay, you got. <laughs> <laughs> you got Come on, let's deal with reality. Okay, here, you got you got dime, dime. It's going to be Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon in the in the slot. Trey Brown and the other uh, guy. Who am I missing? Love. No, oh, he's already at, he's yeah, already yeah. at safety. It's going to be Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant. And with a spoon, I don't know. It's going to be those four guys. Yeah, and so that's what it's going to be. It's going to be. So Mike Jack's not here. You got your four corners to play dime, mm-hmm. and then you got your two safeties. There you go. Okay. And so, so you don't mm-hmm. like Kobe at safety. I like him at safety, but starting here, it's going to be Jove and Quandra. Okay. Uh, Love and Quandra. Okay. What about when Jamal comes back? It's called Jamal. (laughs) Oh, what's a good problem to have, right? A lot of versatility, a lot of depth. Pete Carroll said to us yesterday, KJ, the most he's ever had. Is Jamal going to play defensive line? Because it still (laughs) seems like that's the thing they're missing. This is what's going to happen. We're going to go nickel, nickel. Yeah. Bobby at linebacker. Yeah. Jamal, get your butt at linebacker. And that's when Jordan Brooks is not on the field. Well, it's gonna, Bush gonna, is not on the field. Yeah, there's going to be a few a few different nickels. You're going to have, like, let's say a second. I'm telling you, it's going to be big weird. Nickel. Brock, we're going to go big yes. nickel this we're year. We're going to go big nickel where yeah. it's going to be Jordan and Bobby. Then we're going to go regular nickel where it's Bobby and Jamal. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going Somebody's going to be mad on game day. I could tell you this. There's going to be some guys that are furious, angry. I'm not getting the playing time. Why me? Why me? Moping around. The leadership on this football team is going to be paramount. Mm. The transparency with these coaches, creating the proper expectations. This is what's going to happen. Don't just leave guys, you know, out to dry, like not communicating. You got to communicate with these guys because I know these personalities. These guys are going to be frustrated if you tell them one thing and you do another. So leadership from player to player. And transparency from coaches to player is going to be paramount this football season. I learned two things about Pete Carroll just in the last 24 hours, which is crazy given how much time we've spent talking about him and thinking about him and interviewing him. I want to ask you about both of those. Plus, an old teammate of yours called another old teammate of yours a genius. I want to get your reaction to that as well next. Brock and Salk with KJ Wright, Seattle Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. (laughs) 
two cages. Watermelons dude. with muscles. Yeah, just watermelons with muscles. That's how it is. It's just watermelons. <laughs> watermelons with muscles. Uh, all right, I got some Pete Carroll questions for you. I got a uh, teammate question for you here, KJ. I got a scheme question for Brock you. I got a go linebacker scheme. question for you, KJ. And then we got to dig into some of the mentality of kind of what this team looks like this year. So let me uh, let me start with this. Just to, we'll have a little fun first, and then I'll uh, make it a little more serious after that. We had <laughs> your old teammate on Max Unger joined us Max. earlier this week. Uh, actually, for a serious reason, because he was coming on to talk to us about what was going on in Maui with the fires, etc. He's a Hawaii guy, lives on the Big Island, and and really offered some awesome perspective on the community there and what that was like. And he's just he was a good interview. Anyway, uh, we asked him what it was like blocking and being in a huddle with Marshawn, and uh, his answer was great. He was friends with everybody. You know, he could relate. He could sit down at any corner of the locker room and have you know a genuine conversation with anybody at any time about anything. And it was, it was real. Right. Um, and Marshall's also a genius, right? You guys know this. He has like the whole world fooled. And with like, you know, him not talking to the meat, the press and stuff for a while, he kind of, it was like a business model for him. I mean, he was like a, he's like a genius just like socially. And, and he had like this, you know, this personality that he built. That was just, that was him. I don't know if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. <laughs> Max, Max is spot on, especially from the standpoint of I can go to every corner of the locker room. He could talk to a lineman from Idaho. He could talk to a, a DB from Los Angeles, like kid from Mississippi like myself, and just really an awesome teammate, an awesome friend. How rare is that? Is that, is that rare? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, oh, sorry. Brock and I have been doing wow. the show together for too long. Jeez, How rare goodness. is that? Is that rare? <laughs> That's um no it's, it's, this was called be, just being a good dude. It's called being a good teammate. And what I love most about him, in my personal life was with my daughter. He called her baby beast mode. He called her baby beast, beast mode because uh, it was that Thanksgiving one day at Coach Norton house. She just body slammed Mike Rob's son <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And it's like, girl, you baby beast mode. And to this day, Ariana's 15 now. This is like 10 years ago. He still asks, how's baby beast mode doing? How's she playing volleyball? He want to come to her games. And I'm seeing them highlights. And um, just an awesome dude, awesome teammate. We talked finances and you know, save your chickens, take care of your mentals. Just a real solid dude. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that being a great teammate and, and having those qualities is not rare. But, KJ, I would contend there aren't a lot of guys that are equipped to do that, that can genuinely talk to the chicken farmer, Jodine Davenport, in Arkansas and talk to C. Rod from Trenton, New Jersey, right? But Marshawn had that ability. I, I kind of answered why. I'm curious from your you know real-life experience being there with him, why do you think he was so capable of doing that? He was just a solid, genuine dude, just his upbringing, just a guy that, you know, didn't grow up with much and, you know, had to, you know, went to Cal and just a guy that just worked his tail off. Everything that he's gotten in life, he's earned. You know, he's learned through experience. He's learned through his, his upbringing and just watching what he's doing now. The guy's, uh, like he said, he's a genius. He's a media star on Amazon, on every commercial, um, still going to different practices, giving back to guys, you know, talking to running backs. Like, he's literally doing everything, and he's just being himself at the end of the day. And so when you look at how you should operate while you're playing, how you should operate once you transition, Marshawn Lynch is definitely the blueprint for that. We were talking to Pete Carroll yesterday, and he mentioned something that I don't think I've ever heard him say in all of the conversations we've had over the years. He was talking about showing highlights 
of the good plays that people make. You know, one of the things that you guys may not realize that, that happens in these camps is I'm trying to get these guys to know each other. And so we show highlights every day. And the highlights aren't necessarily just for the play, but it's for the guys to learn who they're playing with. Mm-hmm. And so that they also not just learn who they are, but they learn to expect what they bring. And so... Uh, it's part of the accountability thing. You know, if it, once you show us who you are, then we can count on you being that. And, and uh, so it's a big part of what's going on here. And so that's all that kind of part of the orchestration. There- I ended up asking him if that also had to do with learning to trust the people around you, knowing how good they are and that yeah. they can make plays. And he agreed with that. But I, it, it dawned on me that Pete's even better and has thought even more deeply. And his system of getting guys to buy into the culture is even more complex than I realized. And, and Mike, what he just said, I never even, I was with this man. Did you know that's what he was doing? No. That just. <laughs> he mind controlled you. That just hit me right then and there what he was doing. Because we all are on the same practice field, right? We're all doing our thing. But. Guys are like we have blindfolds on. The DBs don't see what the defensive linemen are doing during one-on-ones. They don't see. They're doing their own thing. The defensive line don't see what the linebackers are doing in their individual drills. They don't see guys' makeup. They don't see how hard guys are going during individual drills. And so what he's doing is that he's showing you, hey, this is your guy that you're playing with. He goes this hard in one-on-ones. He's going this hard in individual drills. He's running this hard to the football. When the scout team is going – this guy on scout team is doing this. This is your, your locker mate. And so, so he would show a video of somebody doing scout team? Yes. He would, show, he would show individual drills. He would show the DBs running from, let's say, the 20-yard line to the opposite 20-yard line in individual drills. Like, look at this effort from Deshaun Shad. Look at this effort from your starting corner. This is your guy. And he would do this to the whole team. Teaming. Team meeting. Eight, eight. And people are cheering and yelling for it. No, you're just looking. You're just watching. You're observing. Mm-hmm. And you was like, oh, this dude, a real one. This dude is really trying to battle for this for, for this roster spot. And when it comes down to getting on the football field, when it's come down to the practice field, I know that this guy has my back. I know this guy's makeup is real and it's legit. And so I kid you not, I never thought of that, but another genius moment by Coach Carroll. So how would he counterbalance that with Tell the Truth Mondays? address it he was showing on the film and one of my most one of my favorite coach Carroll moments and I wish that he would do this and bring this back is with these penalties when guys were were making all these penalties you know we was leading the league one year he would put up the penalties in front of the whole team meeting room and what he would do is we would turn on that tape and we'll go over it Breno Giacomini (laughs) you got three holding penalties let's go over in front of the whole team KJ Wright you got a rough in the passer could you have done better in this? I truly hope that Coach Carroll brings this back. Coach, if you can hear me. Mike B., you jumped off sides. <laughs> For the 70th night time in this game, <laughs> can you please stop? Just watch the ball. When the ball moves, you can move. And um, I really hope that Coach Carroll brings this back because when you talk about holding guys accountable, when you talk about addressing stuff, when you talk about um, really calling stuff out, tell the truth. Let's tell the truth with this tape. Let's tell the truth in front of this whole team. Well, speaking of bringing it back, I know last year, geez, throughout the majority of the K.J. Wright shows, we talked a lot about this bare front and a lot about this two-gap and a lot about the waves just being washed into the linebackers and everything else. I, I'm curious through watching practice, your, your eyes up there in the booth and on the sidelines watching just game one of the preseason, do you see some adjustments to some of what they're doing schematically up front? And it's so hard, bro, because I'm at practice and I'm trying to look, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they go base, 
what I'm seeing is the bare front. I'm seeing that nose and those two threes and Chenna and Mafe on the outside. When they go nickel, I think it's the old school over defense cover three mm-hmm. that we ran back in back in our glory days. So that's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. When I saw from Coach Hurt in this game was the first play of the game, he brought pressure off the edge. Second play of the game, he did another blitz. And so I'm waiting for the all-22 copy to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, all-22 where you can see the actual film so I can really see what these guys are doing. Or I can just go ask some of the fellas. But um, that's what I'm thinking that they're doing. And so when I talked to Coach Carroll, he kept using the word aggressive. Want to be aggressive up front. I'm like, Coach, what does aggressive mean? Are we blitzing? Are you, are you slanting? He was like, yes. I was like, what, like, what does aggressive mean? And so I really want to see him yes. use these guys. Yeah, he said yes. He, is that when he just talks and uses words for five minutes and you're like, all right, we well, haven't said anything at all, but thanks for yes. answering the question. He said yes. Yeah. And, um, and so I really want him to maximize these guys' abilities. Mm. Well, I will say, I'll say this, KJ. Um, just listening, we've been able, fortunate through camp, to talk to different guys almost every single day of camp. And a couple of these D linemen, and certainly what Dre Jones said to us was the focal point is three yards or less on a run. That is the messaging in that D-line room. That is the messaging that it is three yards. You know, you're not going to give up just zeros all the time, but we have got to have a consistent mantra mantra of three yards or less, three yards or less. And he was pretty flat-out honest that he's not a two-gapper, that I'm attacking, that I'm changing levels, I'm disrupting, mm-hmm. I'm getting into the backfield. So I remember you last year talking about those levels and how important they are. How do they manage that? If Jaron's an upfield the guy and Dre's an upfield guy, is that – is that what all you're really looking for is to create that kind of penetration and disruption? If Jaron is an upfield guy and if Jones is an upfield guy, get those guys upfield. Let yeah. those guys play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Let those guys penetrate. Let those guys be disruptive. I'm not paying this guy all this money to catch to catch linemen. I'm not paying this guy all this money to two-gap. I need this guy getting TFLs. I need this guy getting quarterback sacks. Mm. I need this guy um, just being extremely disruptive. And so when you look at what they did last year, there is no way possible, Brock, that they didn't self-evaluate themselves, that they didn't watch every game and say, we're going to come out here and do this same exact thing. (laughs) There's there's, there's no way. This is the NFL. This is the best of the best. Tell the truth, January. Tell the truth, (laughs) Tell the truth, March. Tell the truth, April. (laughs) These guys self-scout. If they come out and do that again, no, first of all, they're not going to come out here and do that again. Yeah, they just can't. They mm-hmm. cannot come out here and do that again. They will not come out here and do that again. They're going to maximize these guys' skill set. They're going to get Jordan healthy. They're going to get Jamal healthy. And these guys are going to be well, aggressive. Well, and, and certainly the be te- the- aggressive. B-E aggressive. You guys are talking scheme. A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. Now be aggressive. Some sort of Well, he was just pounding the table. So this is what Pete said yesterday. I was asking him just about the speed and the physicality specifically on defense. Well, we definitely are faster. And today I just came out of the meeting here and I showed them some of the fundamental proof of how we practiced and how it carried over to the game. And the whole emphasis last week and through preseason is running and hitting and you know, getting back to the real football mentality of it all. And, man, these guys are going. It, the speed does show up. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's always a good element of, of teams. I, there's nothing I like more than a fast football team. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can keep that element you know, showing I, up. I kind of hear Pete there, and I'm not saying they're not making some changes to the scheme based on what we saw last year, but – 
it, it kind of felt to me like his opinion was we just weren't fast enough. We weren't physical enough. We didn't just run and hit well enough regardless of scheme and that maybe that's going to be a little bit more of the emphasis this year. Mm, they both played a part. They both played a part <laughs> of it. Yep. I love you, coach, but, but no, they, they, both, they yep. both played a part of it. I remember that game. I remember coming into this studio during the season last year <laughs> and I saw the defensive lineman like two yards off the ball. I was watching the game. And I saw the defensive lineman two yards off the ball just watching, just catching. And I was like, no. You, I was talking to Brandon Meebane some weeks ago. He's like, KJ, think about it. We play in the loudest stadium in the NFL. You want to use that, mm. you know, to, you know, you want to use that. You want to use that to get these guys going. You, when you got a silent count, you want to just be able to look at the ball and just get off. You don't just look at the ball, and then your eyes go to the lineman to see if he's going left or right. You want to get off the rock. You want to draw those false starts. You want to draw those delay of games. You want to use this crowd, you know, to your advantage. And so um, they, they know that the scheme will be changed. The scheme will be changed and create a scheme where guys can run and hit. Create a scheme where guys can fly and go sideline to sideline. Create a scheme to where guys can get off the rock. And so I know it's going to happen. They self-scout. They self-evaluate it. And it's going to be a, a prettier sight this football season. All right, let me bring you home. Let's uh, let's personalize before we analyze. I got a Bill Barnwell wrote a big piece on ESPN about all the playoff contenders. And Bill Barnwell's, uh, KJ, one of these big brain guys that just like, you know, analytics sits in a dark room, studies all these numbers, looks at everything. Really, really bright guy. So I'm going to get to that in a second. But I want to personalize it first. I don't think you've had this yet, but likely you will this preseason. What will it be like to sit in the room in that production meeting when Bobby Wagner sits down across from you? I can't wait for it. <laughs> I already got my question ready for him. I already got my question ready for him. I'm not going to say it on air. No, you can't tell I can't say it on air. Because they need prep for it. Yeah, but um, but just, just to watch what he, the body of work that he's put together, just to be with this man for nine years – to see him still doing it, still playing at a high level, to, to walk through that journey with him when he was a free agent, when he was released twice, back-to-back years. I'm the best linebacker of this generation, and I've been released twice. I just can't wait to sit across from him and really ask him, like, Bobby, like, what's your mentality going into this football season? That journey that you went through a free agent, like, it was, it was, it was like being a free agent, that's not fun. No matter how much money you have, no matter how many accolades you have, that is not fun. And when you go through that, something is inside of your system like, these dudes got to pay. When I face the Rams, they got to pay. When I look at all these other teams that passed up on me, they tried to offer me vet minimum, they got to pay too. So um, hopefully he's in there this week, but um, this could be a cool sight to see. Okay, so from just a pure your, what your eyes saw, you obviously didn't play. I don't know if he'll play at all this preseason, but on that practice field, it's been documented him running up and down the field and, and him covering guys and being in the in the pocket of a bunch of these guys down the field. What do your eyes see just from a pure player? Not the person, but just a pure analytical linebacker. So I watched him in the mud game, and same old Bobby. It's a run play. I'm going to go downhill and make a tackle. Just doing the basics, Brock. Just doing the little things well. Just okay. getting guys lined up. Just being okay. so instinctive. Okay, here it is, a pass. I'm going to back up. I'm going to widen out, and I'm going to read the quarterback. So from a linebacker standpoint, he's going to be the same dude. Six sacks last year, over 120 tackles. The consistency that Bobby has brought in these first 11 years is going to show up again in 12th season. I was sort of hoping Could, KJ was going to be like, I thought it was terrible. 
I thought it was just awful. I just had no idea what he was doing out there. I don't know who that guy was. You know, Bobby what? lost a step. Need to retire like me. Need to join me. Hey, one thing yeah, that uh-oh. I know with Bobby is that he hears everything. Oh yeah, he hears everything, and it's okay. I, then I say, Bobby, re- Bobby, ahead. hear this, hear this, and KJ, hear this too. You ready? Don't get mad, KJ. I heard you want to ask me about the Pac-12. Maybe we can do that at some point. But don't get mad. This is Bill Barnwell, Big Brain Bill. Linebacker was a problem even before the playoff loss. The Seahawks allowed more passing yards to running backs and tight ends than any other team, in part because they allowed an average of 6.1 yards after catch, ranked Mm. second worst in all of football. Only the Cardinals were worse. Their rush defense ranked 24th in DVOA. That's an efficiency. With the pass rush exceeding expectations and the secondary landing standout rookie, Reek Woolen, linebacker was the biggest weakness in the Seattle defense. I blame Cody Barton for all of that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes, when you watch when you watch the linebackers, Cody, I love you. Good luck with the commanders. But um, yeah, um, <laughs> when you watch the linebackers last year, absolutely, we we saw what it was. The guys were they were just like waiting. They were hesitant. Like, go, go get it. They ran this concept on you the week before. The Niners ran it the week later, and you missed it again. Like, learn from the previous mistakes. And so um, it wasn't a pretty sight to see, and um, it will be corrected. It has to be corrected. Let's come back to the to the build of this roster. KJ Wright Show every Wednesday here, 8 to 9, and we'll do this all throughout the season. And then if you miss any of it, make sure you go download it at clsports.com or wherever you get your podcast because this is a must-listen to really understand what it's like being in that locker room, being on that team, being on that roster. But uh, we talked through all of the extra guys they've got in that secondary or maybe even you have a lot of starters. Is there an argument to be made that you've got too many starters in one position and in one area, not enough starters in another? I think we can all sort of see that from the on-field problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you trade from your strength in order to help your weakness? I think we can all kind of make sense of that. But what is that like off the field, in the locker room? Let me tell you this. I'm going to be really honest with you on this. If there's not room or space created... There's going to be some bad juju. Potentially, let me not say this. There's going to potentially be some bad juju. Because mm-hmm. if I look at myself, I'm a starter. I've been working my tail off. I'm one of the best players in the NFL. I'm on the bench. Like, guys naturally mope. Guys naturally just become, I'm not going to say divas, but guys naturally get upset in the locker room. And so you got to create space to where enough guys can play. If you got a guy that's clearly a role player, you're clearly a Nico Thorpe, you're clearly a Heath Farwell, you're going to be our special teams guy. Cool. But if you have a guy that I'm not a special teams guy, I'm doing it because I'm forced to. I do it because I'm not starting on defense. Potentially, that could be like, man, what's, what's going on? So and so, How do you balance that with Pete and his competition? What do you mean? Well, Pete's all, competition's going to push everybody, right? And if you've got too many guys for the spot, then obviously the competition juices up. How do you balance the competition on one side with what you're saying? The loser of the competition may still be good enough to play every down in the NFL. The competition is from now until we get that 53-man roster spot. After that, like this, like we're rolling. We're rolling. Like you're, you're the guy. Like when I when I made when you no know, when KJ and Bobby was there like you're the guy no one's gonna compete and take your spot 
You're the guy that we're rolling with. When Tariq Willen, no one's going to compete with you. Quandre, no one's competing with you to start. But when it comes down to this 53-man roster, these are our base guys. These are our nickel guys. You're the guys that we're rolling with. You got to essentially lose your spot. You got to be terrible to lose your spot for the next guy to come in and take it. So that's, that's what, what the competition yeah, is right here, right now. It's what you said earlier, though. The transparency and the honesty of these coaches with these guys, is, especially in that back end, is going to be critical this year. KJ, Salk doesn't have much of a memory. Uh, mine is slightly better. I mean, you, you would have thought that Salk was a middle linebacker in the league for 15 years. This poor guy's memory is shot. All right. Thankfully, Mora has a terrific memory and wrote down on our show notes to make sure we ask you this question because we talked about, oh, we got to ask KJ this question because I didn't have a great answer. Which edge rusher, Derek, Daryl, Boye, Chenna, which edge rusher has the highest ceiling? Mm. High ceiling yeah. between those four. Between those oh, four. That's the question I asked you yesterday. I remember that. <laughs> I may, I don't want to regret saying this, but. Ceiling. Who has the highest upside? Not who's the best player. Who has the highest upside? This guy is so fast. This guy could bend so well. This guy is so elusive. He's so creative. And it's Daryl Taylor. And I look at Daryl Taylor. He hasn't even figured it out yet. He has not figured out how good he can be. And I just look at what he brings to the table. He fell into nine and a half sacks last year. He fell into it. <laughs> he fell into nine and a half sacks last year. And I'm telling you, if it can just click in his brain, like, I am talented, I am good, I'm going to take this coaching from Cliff Averill and Mike B. I'm going to just tap into that dog inside of me. This guy could be a 13, 14 sack type of dude. He could be a three-down player. It's right there for the taking. I swear to you, it's right there for the taking. And once it clicks in his brain, once it clicks, and like just that focus. Can he play the run well enough to be on the field enough to get all those sacks? If it clicks in his brain, he's yes. Got, he's got the ability to do it. He has the physical ability to do it. But Salk, you know how they say the game is 80% mental, 20% physical. He has the, the physical ability to do it, but he has to t- tap into those details. He has to train his eyes properly. He has to just watch film and watch his get off. You know what I mean? Like just tap into that mental side. And so he is a guy that could be a 15-sack guy. And when I watched him last year, some guy, some games he's here, some games he's way over there. And so I, when I watch Daryl Taylor, he's the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing well, this year. I'll tell you where you're going to be for one game this year. You're going to be in my hip pocket. You're going to you're going to come and you're going to you're going to be sitting in production meetings. I don't know what your schedule is. You'll be busy, I'm sure, on Sundays with the Seahawks. But what we're going to find a Saturday, KJ, where you are right there with me, right up in the booth, watching the game, listening to all of it. Because if you got a half of preseason football that you are intrigued, we will get you up there for a game this season. Oh, yeah. I promise you that. Let's do it. Pretty Let's cool. Do it. Done. KJ, uh, here you go. That was that was week one of the rest mm. of this season. No, is this mm. preseason. This is, I mean, this is just regular season. season. This is week one for the rest of our lives. <laughs> We're talking about preseason. We're just talking about preseason. Would you have played? You wouldn't have had to play in that first game. Would you be playing in Saturday's game if you were on the team? These starters need to play. This they got to play a little bit, they, right? They and they're not going to play much in game. 
game three. So, like, you can go out and play a little bit. Give me a quarter, week, right? a quarter and a half. We didn't even get to Geno. We didn't even get to Jackson. Geno? Is he we on the, even they get a quarterback to the offense? On this team? I get so Man. many Geno questions for you. God, we got like a million things. But we got to go. We got to say goodbye. We're going to hold on to next week. We got to leave the people wanting just a little bit more so that they'll tune in next week. Don't yeah. forget, as I said, if you missed any of yeah. KJ, go download it at seattlesports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Final and, word. And guys, I can talk offense too. Like, I know we only talk offense. defense. I, I can talk offense as well. Oh, you can? I, I can. What, pos- you, what position games. would you have been if you had played offense? <laughs> I don't know. T- tight end? Tight ends? <laughs> I can play tight end. Could you? Yeah. Really? I could block, you know. You could block. But my hands are a little suspect. You know my hands are a little the suspect. The real question is, would you want Brock to be your quarterback? Absolutely. Not if you have yeah, let's suspect go. hands. Just underhand it to me, Brock. Don't, I know Brock had a cannon. Dude. Just underhand it to me. You ever try to catch some of the balls these guys throw in the NFL? They throw it too hard. I know. It's hard. I Like, I have sympathy for you. Yeah. I got sympathy. You got hands of gold. It's fine. Appreciate you, KJ. Thank KJ you, buddy. Wright, Till next time. Uh, every single Wednesday yep. from 8 till 9 o'clock. We'll be right back with our number, what did I say, number eight? Most eight. intriguing Seahawk. We'll do that next on Brock and Salt.